Welcome to Speak Like a CEO, where it is my job to help you communicate like the world's top 1% of CEOs. A society of innovators makes the world a better place. That's according to today's guest, David Rotet. David is the CEO and founder of Companisto. Companisco has pioneered digital angel investing at scale. They've already facilitated the investment of over 150 million euros in startups. David and his team have achieved this by building a tech company and at the same time establishing one of the largest networks of angel investors anywhere in the world. We talk about how they created a community of 150,000, how they managed to get a law changed to make digital angel investing possible, and about his mission to bring about an innovation society. David also shares how, as a young guy, he built the country's largest party network and how anger can be channeled into positive energy. Enjoy. David, it's so great to have you on Speak Like a CEO. We've met about a year ago, and I always enjoy our conversations because you're such a thoughtful guy when it comes to startups and angel investing and what it means for society. So thanks for coming on. Yeah, thanks for having me, Oliver. I mean, you already raised the bar. I hope I can live up to that. Ah, thank you. Thank you. So what is a business angel? Just to you know, get the foundations right for me. Yeah, I think it's a good starter. Uh, for me, a business angel is a private individual who invests his own money in a startup or young company and um, if uh, the person has the capacities and um, also the willpower, they can also help the startup with providing them with an ad additional support. What kind of support would the startup be looking for? I think this is a, a good point. I think um, many startups, this is my experience um, as a founder, that they have uh, sometimes problems really to articulate what exactly they need and sometimes also have the misunderstanding that they should investors always pre present solutions. I think this is right on one uh, point, but the other side is that uh, you can only get crucial help if you tell where you really need it. So I, I think it's very various points. It can be sales, it can be branding, um, community building or product, um, very, very um, various points, I would say. Yeah. I mean, full disclosure, I've, I've angel invested in a few businesses and, and I enjoy it. And usually when companies approach me, it's it's in part at least to um, get access to a certain network and expertise. So it's not just writing a check. So I, I can't compete with the big guys and the big investors. So I, I guess they, they're quite interested in um, sort of having some expertise around marketing comms, branding and so forth. Um, so if we think bigger, right, um, how we invest shapes our societies and economies. So what role do angel investors play in this? Yeah, I think it's a very important one. So if you um, just state out that 90% of the startups um, are funded by angels and uh, the startups, they not all of them will succeed, but many of them, and they become two companies and they... Um, turn on creation and innovation. They create jobs and taxes. So to break it down, the more successful companies we have in a country, uh, the better it is for everyone in the society. So the number of business angels is uh, very crucial. And um, I think this is, uh, if you look at Germany, also a very urgent topic because we can see uh, in IMF forecasts or PricewaterhouseCoopers that Germany will drop in the ranking of the world's strongest economies. And um, we have to take um, countermeasures. And this is why also the goal from the government to have 
Um, a lot of business angels is very crucial and um, important. And um, other countries like UK and France are living up to that. But we have to say and admit that in Germany, we only have 10,000 business angels. And this is with a population of uh, 84 million, 0.01%. Uh, and um, I think this is something we want to tackle with Companisto um, because we, we decided we want to make Germany to a business angel nation. And um, that, that's one of my goals. I think we will also discuss later why for me, every individual should think about becoming an angel and what's, what's in for me to do this. Yeah, it's such a small proportion. And even if some of the other Western European countries fare a little better, I would assume that they're also pretty, you know, these are pretty small groups of people compared to the population at large. And if I understand you correctly, the more business angels there are, the more innovation we can expect to happen because government is not really facilitating innovation. The big corporations, they, they also struggle, right? So it really comes down to new businesses and angels who support them. Yeah, that's totally true. And I mean, you need these crazy founder um, personalities that they have yeah. a very different look, a very different approach. And uh, basically, it's most of them are young people. It doesn't have to be, but they are. And uh, they start very fresh. And you have to have some people that believe in them and, and invest their resources, which is not only capital, but also um, knowledge, yes? Yeah. And if we, just for our understanding, so if we compare angels with a bank or venture capital or private equity, so what role specifically do angels play that the others don't? Yeah, I think this, uh, first of all, it's that angels, they invest in startup in very uh, early stages. So, uh, and, in, and they do invest. Banks don't do that. So, right. <laughs> uh, and um, if we compare this to, to VC, so venture capital funds, um, you could see that um, angel investors, they typically invest their own money. So they earned it and they spend their own money. Uh, but VC firms, they take money from firms, from family offices or high net worth in individuals and invest their money. And um, yeah, I think the, the most important fact is uh, the, the, the stage, early stage investment, also the hands-on approach of business angel who really want to uh, help the startup in the early phase. Yeah, so really high risk, high reward. Uh, the things others don't necessarily touch, you want a bit more safety in their investment portfolio. That makes a lot of sense. I mean, you and Companisto, you created the largest angel network in, in Germany, in the German-speaking region, maybe even in Europe, I don't know. Um, tell us about that journey. I mean, you've been, um, doing this for quite a few years now. Yeah, I, I love to. I think, first of all, it's uh, very interesting to understand um, that I, I, I do not come from a background of business family. I had no business angel and uh, uh, didn't really understood the concept uh, in the beginning. Um, so what we created with Companisto, I would say you can imagine it's a business angel festival for founders. So uh, we are 1,800 business angel. And as a founder, you always have the, the trouble in raising money. So um, basically you, you go to people to network, some people you know, and like a street musician, yeah? you, you play in front of just a few people and try to convince them. And we said at some point that we want to have the, the, a big audience of angels who can immediately invest in a transaction uh, really um, effective and modern in a very uh, digital infrastructure 
to help the founders. So it was, this was the, the goal that we organize ourselves so progressively to really help the founders and make um, big tickets. And um, yeah, maybe um, I think uh, a bit of a personal story I, I also want to add because Please. Um, <laughs> when I uh, was in school, so I never was thinking about building a company. I wanted to become a lawyer. And I had this one friend in school, he was always crazy about entrepreneurship. He was sitting in the last row in school. You know, he was the guy he, who was uh, um, approached by our teacher at some point. And she was asking, Danny, what, what are you doing? Why are you talking all the time? We have a lesson. And he was the guy like, I'm on the phone. You, can you, can't you see that I'm, I'm having a phone call? <laughs> and she was like, what? You cannot uh, have a phone call in a lesson. And it was 1996. So it was brand new that mobile <laughs> devices. And he was 16 years old at this point. And then he just answered, yeah, there's no, in the school rules, there's not written that I cannot phone, you know? And the teacher was like, what the fuck? <laughs> she couldn't do something about it. And this guy, he brought me to, to the idea that we founded our first company in the early 2000. It was a big uh, party network, the biggest party network in, in Germany. Okay. And then, um, and that's why I'm making this point here. Um, then it was the first moment for me where I just stepped in and said, it's a great idea, but now we need capital. And then we, we went to a, a, a bank and then we had the appointment and we lived in a, in a, a shared flat there, you know, and uh, there was another guy, three of us were the founders of this company. Another guy was living with us. He was a bit of a poor guy because at some point we had a copy machine also in our flat, which was really huge at this time. You couldn't even go to the, to the bathroom anymore. But we were really like presenting and um, doing the pitch and, and doing all the, the question. And then we entered the bank and the guy just basically asked us, okay, uh, I don't really get your uh, um, business model. I don't know what you do actually, but what kind of securities do you have? And we had none, you know, <laughs> and then this answer we didn't prepare. And then we went um, back and, and collected 5k from families and friends and I think when I look back at how I came to, to build the biggest network here in Germany and Dach region, maybe also in Europe, didn't check it actually. Um, mm -hmm. There was the beginning also to understand how difficult is it uh, to raise the capital. And um, I think there was another breakthrough moment for me when I, because I, I worked in this company for a while and I got back to my law studies and, and finished them. So it was an uh, intense time. Um, but when I was a lawyer in 2012, I, I was um, yeah, working with startups and I was at a conference, you know, and um, I had the, the opportunity to talk there and it was like an audience of 200 people. And um, I didn't want to lose the comp the, the, all the people. And I, I, I thought, okay, I asked them something for, for, for a startup. So uh, my first question was at this point, um, who among you from the audience has ever thought about investing in a startup? Yeah, please, please stand up. And I saw like 160 people from approximately 200 stood up at this point. Mm -hmm. And then I asked everyone uh, who had actually made an investment, please keep, keep on standing and the rest, please sit down. And there was just four people standing out of this audience. And it's a really little percentage. And then I had a discussion. I mean, I then didn't do my presentation that I was had planned because we had this very interesting um, discussion. And 
it came out that the people said, okay, it's, it's too complex. I, I need so much resources, so much money to do this on my own, uh, to find a startup, to negotiate the terms, to do the due diligence, to raise enough money. Um, it's very complex. I cannot do it. I have a job, yeah. I have a kid, uh, whatever. So at this point, I, I realized with my co-founder, Tamo, that we said, why is it so, so easy to invest in a stock market corporation, but not in a startup in Germany, when we have the goal that we want to have much more people investing? Yeah. And at this point, we thought there are some hurdles that we have to tackle and um, going a different uh, approach. Yeah, uh, super, super interesting. And I guess that's another difference between angels and let's say bankers, VCs and private equity people. Angels do a different thing during the day, right? They have a day job, usually very few full-time investors, um, you know, VCs, et cetera, full-time investors, but angels, not necessarily. Before we move on, I want to double-click, obviously, on, on this, but I have to ask, so you had the biggest party network business in the country, is that right? And what does a party network do? I mean, it sounds it's, like a fantastic business for a young guy, I have to say. Yeah, it was, it was, it was a lot of fun. I mean, you can imagine it was the early 2000s, uh, internet was new, and we just said, okay, let's bring all the parties in our website. And then we, we also made a, a, a card. It was called Party Card. And we sent all the people uh, the Party Card and they got free access when they go to clubs. And it was, I mean, it was interesting sales because when, I, when we started this, we, had, we went to clubs like the, the nicest clubs in, in Berlin and t told them, yeah, we, we got this new idea and we can list your club there. And, and the club would say, yeah, but how many people you have? And we said, yeah, just a few. So, so we, at some point we, we uh, sent out the cards for free and we had a lot of people, but then we went again to the club and then the club said, yeah, but who's, uh, what's another club? Am, am I the only one? And we said, <laughs> yeah, but there will be more. And, then, and it was uh, very interesting, but we, we uh, make it through at some point. Yeah. And, um, but it was also intense business because you can imagine that club owners uh, are uh, special cli clientele, I would say, and make mm -hmm. deals with them. And also, <laughs> if they sometimes don't hold up what they say, it's hard to um, yeah to convince yeah. them. So, but <laughs> it's, it, it was hard sales times also. But it was fun. Yeah, you must have learned an also awful lot. Um, okay, let's circle back to angel investing and companisto. So. What you outlined is that on the one hand, you have lots and lots of founders who are building companies are looking for capital. On the other hand, you have uh, these people with angels and they're willing to invest, but they don't necessarily know who to invest in. And that requires a lot of time and energy to figure out what's, you know, doing your own due diligence in a way about lots of companies. So you're connecting these. Um, and in a way, this is also a tech company approach you have, right? So it's not just a, you know, a platform. It's, it's a real tech company um that you've built so the whole process is pretty automated right yeah that's true i mean this i think this was our advantage at this time that we we just had the idea in mind okay we want to become a business angel nation and we want to be really effective for the founders and um that's why we we from the start on we we thought about digital solutions and technology and uh, actually it was really nerdy times because we were we had to fight through regulations it has never been seen in germany that you digitally invest in a startup it was not mm -hmm. in the law you know and we're also funny because my co-founder and me we, we were very young lawyers and we talked to partners of the law firm where we we worked and they said it's not possible 
It's not because possible. you have to go to the notary in person, right? Right, it's, and and, and mm. the regulation it's not allowed, and we read the law differently. It's it's still mm. interpretation, and and we as young guys said no, we we think we we can do it, and we did it. And at some point, it is another story, but there's a documentary also about it. Uh, we got a, a message uh, because then it was a law, law coming, uh, a big regulation. I was sitting in my office and somebody was call, calling me anonymously and saying, uh, David, you have to understand there's a big law. I cannot tell you who I am, but there are big changes and what you're doing in digital investing won't be possible uh, no more. Um, so we, we sat there in the office and said, oh, what, what are we going to do? And we wrote then an email, uh, built it as an association uh, to all the uh, ministries of e economics in, in, in Germany and just said, okay, we, we just heard there's a law coming, but the government want to support startups and have more angel investors. And actually, Companisto and other players in this new branch are the solution because we simplify this. And uh, there, now we, you have to um, live up to what you say and you have to stop this regulation. And it was a long process and actually we did it. And the Companista and others are now in the book of law in Germany because we have an exclusion. And it was uh, yeah, a very positive signal from the government that they say, yeah, digital investment we want to have and we have a law now for this. Um, but I think you can understand that the long way we've been going to build this modern infrastructure uh, to, to make this angel investing possible. And um, I think this is, and this is very important to me, um, now we can, as a group, invest 27 million euro in one startup as angel group. And I think this has never been before. And that's not basically because Companisto is so great. This is just a... Um, just a combination because a lot of people work together in this digital process. Yeah. And I think our competence is to foster this, to organize a lot of people. So if you in the past would go to an um, old-fashioned angel club and would say, here, I give you 1,000 angels. I give them to you. Now please um, make them in a transaction, invest in a startup. They could not do because this is not what they built you know but we built this from the beginning and i think yeah. we just start to feel what potential this has yeah i mean 27 million potential investment in a startup that is real financial firepower so could you give us an example of a of a company you've you've helped to fund that is going from strength to strength yeah i mean it's it's uh, hard to say for me because we we founded so many countries uh, companies um it was over 200 but to name in, maybe one of them is, is Koro. It's an e-commerce food startup. And um, yeah, it sells sustainable, healthy products. And um, it was interesting because the, the founders came to us and said, uh, okay, we want to raise 1 million, but uh, the VCs, are every, every VC rejected us. And uh, the companies invested anyways. And uh, the company grew from uh, a few million revenue to 120 million revenue. And then uh, a VC invested in the company 15 million euros. And I think it's interesting to understand that this would not have been happening if not the companies at this stage would have invested. And it was a very nice story for us. And uh, the, the companies invested made a profit of uh, six, 600% of their <laughs> investment. Um, so it's it's a good case. 
Um, there's another one uh, I want to point can, can out. I just say, Coral, can, can I just say, Coral, yeah. I mean, their protein bars yeah. are so delicious. They're so, so good. They're my absolute favorite protein bars. How to believe yeah. they're also healthy because it just tastes so good. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's true. It's true. Yeah. I mean, they also have ice cream and, and it's very incredible. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. Co-founders did. So it's... I will yeah, check out the ice cream once it gets gets a little warmer, and we're not in the yeah, sort of minus yeah. uh, five degrees zone. So yeah, yeah, you go at Kurtzstraße in Berlin. Try it. Okay, yeah. I will try it. I will try it. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah, I think there's another con uh, company that I want to mention. It's called Solar Native, and um, I mean we we all know that we we need a lot of energy, and um, they um, developed uh, in many years uh, a, a micro inverter. Yeah, and this is, uh, you need this to optimize what you can get out of a photovoltaic system. And they managed right. to, to increase this by 10% uh, because mm -hmm. they uh, invented this microinverter. That's massive. And, uh, I mean, if you get 10% more energy that, out of your sunlight, that is massive. That's massive, yeah. And it's like, yeah. it's really the, the, in a positive way that the, the two crazy founders doing this in their garage for a long time, uh, Technic Freaks. And um, yeah, the, the company has just invested uh, another 6 million euro in this company and um, in a co-financing round with other investors. And um, it's, for us as companies, it's always to see um, when a company grows like this and they opened now a Giga fabric and there was uh, Robert Habeck, uh, Federal Minister of Economics and uh, Tarek El-Wazir, he was uh, Minister of Economics in, in Hessen and they were there at the opening of this Giga fabric and this company Solar Native is a, a company which is funded by the society basically because the yeah. companies are coming from the society and I think this, is, this makes us proud as a community of companies. Yeah. That's amazing. And, and David, I could f just feel that, that you have a strong sense of mission, of purpose. Could, could you speak to that? Yeah, I think this, this was also very important for me at some time, point, because when we started to build Companisto for the first five years, I, I told you before, it was more like a fintech. We built this digital investment um, processes so everybody could invest on their laptop in a startup wherever she or she was. And um, that was very nerdy, uh, technical, and, uh, but we felt from the beginning that we want to go further. And um, at this point, I was also thinking, oh, yeah, is this something that I want to go on and invest my lifetime in this kind of company? And then um, I did a, a very interesting uh, workshop on, on my personal why. And uh, I found out that I always like to activate people. And there was, uh, there's a story about my childhood. I, I was living in, uh, in front of a, a, a play yard and there was a soccer field. I was all the time on the soccer field. And uh, I played with my friends there and we know every inch of the soccer field. So we were the local heroes, unbeaten. And sometimes there would come new kids to the soccer field and wanted to compete with us. And um, I always liked to go to the new kids team and then um, try to beat my friends, you know, just uh, change the teams and try to beat them. And so this is, when I look back in this Y workshop, I said, hey, no, I'm, I'm, I'm the one who wants to activate people, empower them. And I would say, um, if we go back now to Companisto and the, the mission is that we say, we believe a society of innovators makes the world a better place. Uh, in German, I also call it Innovationsgesellschaft. 
So the more people in the society who take part in innovation, um, the more relevant problems we're going to so solve together. So entrepreneurs are our best option uh, and forced to change. So we should support them big times. Mm. And this is what I think we, our contribution as Companisto is that we activate the people um, to invest in the startups, their resources, capital, but also knowledge, uh, because we simplify this process. And this is our contribution to this. Hmm. That's super interesting. And I wonder if people are, I wonder if people are a little hesitant about innovation and change because they feel the world is changing already so much. Um, I don't need any more of that. And maybe they don't connect the dots and think, you know, solar panels getting more efficient, healthier food, you know, um, fair trade among business partners and so on. Do, do you see that as well? And how do you how do you convince people to be open to innovation and change when they feel ah oh, you know let's just keep things as they are it's working? Yeah, I think this is uh, this is true. Of course, I mean all of us um, we we talk about changes and personal growth, but I think the truth is also that we we are afraid of this, and this is also part of our system. We don't want to change and cannot change all the time, so we are rejecting a lot of things uh, unconsciously also, and mm -hmm. it's also good we survived like this. Um, but um, on the other hand, we know we can only solve problems if we um, bring up innovations. So for us, it's um, important also to talk and educate people about what's in for me as an angel investor. Why should I do angel investing or startup investing? And you said it before, and I think this is, uh, I want to make very clearly, this is high risk investment. So. Yeah. A startup investment is not a secure investment. You you invest in the future in a innovation and companies fail. Many fail. Um, so why should I do this? Yeah, good question. Mm -hmm. And I think I would break down to three reasons uh, that I see and, and maybe one bonus. And so the first reason is for me that if you don't invest the money, you're already losing money, right? So the average inflation rate in Germany over the last years has been 1.3%. So you need to invest money. That doesn't mean that you all invest all your money in startups, but to get a good revenue and have a good portfolio, you also need some high risk investments. And I think this is one point, just a rational, a logical point where, where you think, okay, I should do some investments. And if you can invest in a startup, you will invest in humans. So in human potential also. I think this is important to know. But this is yes. maybe the first reason. The second reason for me is um, if you invest in a startup, you also have an impact because you create something with people together. So you, you shape the future. And I've, as I mentioned before, I mean, I... I cannot underline how much I think entrepreneurship and innovation is, is important. So, um, and if people come together with a vision and work together and do something together, I mean, this is how we humans, we, we conquered the world uh, and, and became the leader of the world. If this is a good thing or not, let, let it see, be by side. But we, we did this because we are the only species who is able to cooperate flexibly in large numbers even if we don't know each other we can cooperate you know and this is yeah. this is something which humans do and this is also something what you do when you invest in a startup and work with people 
And I think the third point is that uh, I would say um, you learn a lot. You learn a lot investing in a startup um, about also the entrepreneurial mindset, I would say it. Because uh, an entrepreneur has the willingness to take a risk, uh, recognizing opportunities, um, needs to have good communication, cooperation skills, creativity, and critical thinking and flexibility. And I think if you, or let's, let's put it the other way around. I mean, you talked to a lot of uh, entrepreneurs and I, I, I doubted that you had talked with entrepreneurs and then you say afterwards it's boring conversation. Yeah, they usually have a great story to tell and they're pretty high, high octane, high energy people. And usually you learn something. I totally agree. You learn something out of these conversations. And I think if you're like you and me and you have a curious mind, you just, you know, want to learn, you go in there not to tell them what to do, but to, you know, find out what's going on. And, you know, they often at the cutting edge of um, cutting edge of technology and thinking that's it's very, very exciting. And that what attracts me to to angel investing. I mean, when I think about angel investing, the, the image that comes to mind is probably a middle aged to slightly older man. And I wonder sort of how diverse or how um, so future friendly the angel community is. Do you see a new generation coming through the ranks? Yeah, I mean, I, I wanted to also add the bonus. I forgot about this. So the, the bonus for me in angel investing is that you be connected to the next generation and you support them. And Absolutely. I think this being in the zeitgeist and uh, doing something for the future, I think we're all looking for this. And you also get this with angel investing. Yeah. So um, maybe maybe to, to point this out. Yeah. 100%. And I think that the, 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 the question you just raised, where the next generation of angels coming from is very important. I mean, we, we said it before, we don't have too much, we have too less angels. And I think, um, of course, younger people, are most of them are digital natives. And um, I think when you now, and this is part of the problem, when you now point out or, or, or mention the word, the, the, the term business angel, of whom do you think? Yeah, it's, it's usually a middle-aged man, I would think. Yeah, most of them are entrepreneurs, and you imagine yes. them to be a uh, multimillionaire. So this is the, exactly, the people. Exactly, exactly. So who've, I, who've I, made it, and they maybe want to give something back, and, and certainly you know, there are these advantages you mentioned. So for sure, that's probably the general impression people have of angels. That's totally what I also feel and, and, and saw when I talk to people. And that's also the problem, because when you use this term, and this, this term business angel investing and is... Um, excluding people because you, you if you ask people do you want to become a business angel 99% will say no because they they think they cannot and I, I tested it and, and asked them do you want to could you imagine to invest in a startup or be a startup investor and, and it was totally different picture so I, uh, I think to, to have the younger generation you have to accept as they are digital so and it's a chance that you can digitally uh, invest in startups. So let's give it to them. Yeah, it's give them the, the option to do so. And I think um, my daughter now is seven years old at this point. And I want to, um, I want when she's becoming 18, I would like her and her friends that this is for them just a regular thing to be invested in a startup. And I'm saying this not because she's the, the daughter of me, the CEO of Companisto. I want this to become a mindset in a society mm -hmm. because I um, think that when a, a young um, person invests in a startup, it's 
also a choice because it's very interesting and like in the democracy. Yeah, I mean, you also want to have a lot of people taking part in it. You don't want to just have a few. And to see what kind of companies our kids would invest in, what yeah. kind of values. And I can feel that I, and actually also just started talking to my daughter and show them different companies, their pitches. And I can already feel that they, that she's attracted to companies who uh, do something green tech or something about climate change. And if we, yeah. if we get this from the society that the younger generation have a word and what kind of technology is used for um, solution that we need on our yeah. planet, then I think it will be really interesting. Give, give the young people the power. 100%. It's not going to be the company that creates new pesticides that kill bees, but it will be that, you know, the, the solar and uh, the, the, the healthy foods and all, you know, I, I, I totally see that. And to me, the angel investing community is already changing. I'm interested to hear what you have to say on this. But I mean, so many of the great, fantastic leaders, especially women on this podcast, are also business angels. And they sort of take care of the next generation. They want to promote the next generation. They're great networks that have developed here and in other cities. So it seems to me that angel investor becomes younger and more female. Is that also what you observe? Yeah, I do. Um I think this is this is great and really important to talk about it um, and to empower people. And I think there's a, also the other point that we had before. I mean, we we as companists we have this angel club, uh, but we also and this we did it from the beginning, and there was a lot of controversies also in this uh, establishment because we we have also a network where you can invest from 250 euro on. So you invest besides um, the angels who make big tickets and are experienced. Um, and I just recently talked to one of the uh, companies. It's, she's called Zina Bormeister. And she started investing uh, as a student, 250 euro. And now she's part of the angel club because she learned and she just uh, made some experience. And now she earns more money and kept on investing. And I think this is, this is very... Um, a very good way uh, to get into this topic. Yeah, uh, that's an interesting point you're making. So usually angel investing, most of the tickets are five digits, if not higher. But with Companisto, you can start with with smaller sums, right? Yeah, I mean, I think this is also part of our growing that we always grew together with our community, our companists. And uh, we understood and listened to them what's important to, to them. And if you, if you offer a high risk investment in startup, you need to educate the people and you also um, need to make an easy entrance for this. I mean, also people who have a lot of money, why shouldn't they start with a small investment and learn about it and make their, um, make some experience about it? So, uh, but it's, I can tell you this is something uh, and at some point also I got some frustration out of this because this was very different approach and the the establishment said okay no that that's not good uh, angel investors is like you said it's five uh, figures investment it's not digital but actually I have to tell at this point when corona came there after it was a really different uh, discussion in the in the branch because uh, at this point, nobody could do angel investing anymore, but Companisto could because we had this digital infrastructure. And afterwards, I, I never heard again somebody saying out loud, digital angel investing or the digitalization of the angel branch is something which is stupid. Yeah, I'm glad you got that law changed. Otherwise, there wouldn't have been any funding for startups for a year, probably. So 
you, you have a lot of different stakeholder groups, obviously, um, in particular two, right? One, uh, the investors, the angels, the bunny side, and then you have the founders. So talk to us about your communications and marketing strategy. How do you reach that many? I mean, you said 1,800 in your network. So that means you, you have to have pretty big reach. Yeah, it's true. We have uh, 1,800 angels and in total we are 150,000 companies. So it's, uh, I think it's always a, a difficult question when you have a, a business where you have two target groups. Uh, for us, it's, uh, in my first company, it was the, the clubs and the party people <laughs> and now it was uh, the, the investors and the, the startups. And I think we, we, we focused in the beginning on the investors and I can really we had also the same situation where, where I had the first startup and we, we just launched Companista and said, yeah, we, we're going to launch you here. And um, so you're going to be the first startup. And they always said, yeah, we're going to be the investors. And then they wanted to draw back. But uh, unfortunately, uh, fortunately, they didn't because the company is called Doxter and made an exit. And so everybody was really happy. <laughs> um, but I would say we, we focused on investors yeah, and build a big investors base because this was the fundament um, to keep our promise to the founders, which was that we manage all the people in a very fast transaction uh, to raise capital, the business angel festival, as I called it before. And um, yeah, so we, we, we did this, and, but now we focused more and more also on the startups. But we have to say, because we are this, this movement, this community of companies that a lot of companies that we fund, they come out of our own companies and like their own network and I'm, I mean I think it's, it's the best way but uh, I would say a bit self-critical that we should go more into the startup scene also to to make a mark there. Mm. I mean you, um, you're quite active right you are available on, on a lot of the channels you're on LinkedIn you had a podcast you uh, produced a film um, you speak at events which of these is most effective for you? Yeah I think um, I at some point, I uh, I said events are very effective, and then I uh, turned it a bit and said, "Nah, it's a lot of effort." But um, I'm coming back to this that I really enjoy this face-to-face -face crucial conversation where, and I, I think I improved my listening skills. I I think many founders, but I'm I'm talking for me, have problems in in listening because they always want to tell their story and what's so great and all the details. But now I improved this, and it. Uh, the, the direct contact is very, very interesting. So I, I would say that the events that we make, the education events, uh, is definitely a driver. Um, yeah, but uh, also, of course, um, all the ads and podcasts helped helped a lot. And um, in the end, it's also word of mouth because we, we, we have this community approach and this uh, brings us, of course, a lot of new people coming from other companies and uh, referrals yeah. and recommendations. You said the community is about 150,000 people. So I think it's one thing to reach that many people and you know bring them into the fold. But how do you keep them engaged over the years? That's often what communities struggle with, right? People get excited quickly. They join. You know, it's it's a low bar to join something. You give your email address. You maybe show up for a virtual meeting or whatever. But how do you keep people engaged year after year after year? Yeah, I think this is a very crucial point. I mean, this is. Um, I think one solution for us was when we started this event and we we made uh, meetings possible. And I think we 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 changed something from becoming just a, a digital financial product to, to a community and the interaction um, for people was crucial because 
Um, you could meet startups, you can meet founders, you can go to the startups that you invested in. You can have the exchange with other people who also invest and you get, and I think this is something that people really like, you know, on, on Companista you always get a, a new startup, yeah? So it's always presented to you in a nice way and um, you can always see what's going on and, and stay tuned uh, what's the next next generation what they're working on and how's technology evolving we do also a lot of tech talks so i think we we make a lot of effort and for me is the the next step um, to even go further with this and uh, we started for instance now an e event where the people the companies invite other companies to their own place and company uh, and and show them around so uh, we understand also that not we as Companisto, the, the company, can solve this all, but we also uh, have the community helping us get together also in a, in a real world, not only digital. Mm. I mean, you've grown so much and so fast over the years. So I just wonder, is there a point where you say, okay, I, I've done my job. We have an innovation society. X number of people are involved in this. I can take a step back and maybe do something else and spend more time with my kids and... Do, do you think about this or do you think there's just so much to do? Yeah, I think there's still so much to do. I mean, uh, Innovation Society would be, for me, a good starter when we would have like 10%, 5%, something between this of the population who is able to invest and uh, can it do it by law is investing. And we are really far away from this. And I think uh, this discussion, um, who should become angel investor and, and what mindset we have and how can we empower people and what does this bring for society? This is not uh, a, a discussion which is uh, where I say it's at the end, it's it's starting. And I think we, and I see it also as my job to bring up this topic. And um, so it's a lot of things that I want to do. And um, I also recently talked to a founder who made his exit and went out of the company and I was talking about Companista and he told me actually it was really nice also when I had this vision and I was working on this and um, um, that made me also think about uh, not having this this uh, exit and my personal exit so soon. Yeah, this is almost a perfect segue to ask you what's in store? What have you planned in 2024 for, for yourself and for Companista? Yeah, I think this um, angel um, education is very important for us, um, that we really um, go with the companist and also invite others to learn about angel investing and to go deep. And um, we will really also take the approach that we um, invent this uh, angel investing lessons and, and masterclasses with our companies. And I think this is, I also learned this as, as a CEO before I was more doing this on my own and, and then just designing something like this or do, letting it done by experts. But now I, I, I think it's an attitude that you involve the people and um, the results are, are much better. So this is something we do, uh, the education. And we also um, uh, took a new approach because, as I said before, uh, the way we organize and that we are so many people means we also have a lot of access of knowledge and um, that's very diverse. So in every field, you can also search in the Companisto network for specific um, knowledges and you can, the, the investors have profiles. Uh, and we now uh, go one step further that we, we, we are in the beta phase now and have 250 companies 
and founded the so-called helpers community. And there we meet with, with our portfolio companies, um, a group of investors meet them, and then they point out their biggest challenge. And the people uh, in this helpers community, uh, they support uh, with their knowledge, their contacts, and uh, make a lot of uh, introductions, uh, sales introductions, personal introductions. And we want to grow this because the idea is, of course, that we, we make, give our founders the chance to really use, uh, use the resources of this network because I, I think we, we're living in the age of networks. And uh, my goal is to have the most efficient and biggest network. Um, so we're, we're definitely working on this. Wow. Yeah, that is that is great plan. I think you've already managed to scale and automate and inject technology into the investment process and now taking that to the next level where it's basically more about humans, humans helping other humans build companies, but also scale that, something that's usually done as one-on-one -on -one and one-on-few to make that really widely available to startup founders is extremely valuable. So I'm really curious to see what, you know, what will happen this year. Now, before I close, I always ask my guests, what's your best piece of communications advice, David? Yeah, I thought about this um, and um, I would say mm, use your passion um, and also maybe anger to build something, but don't let it uh, take over. Um, and I want to briefly explain that because um, as I said before, when, when we took this very different approach on angel investing and doing it digital in 2012, it was never heard of. So there was even not the law for it. And um, um, a lot of people, um, and this is natural, they, they faced us and, and, and didn't believe in this. And they also rejected this. And this was also mostly the establishment and I, I realized at some point I was, I was surprised because I always had the impression, hey, look, we're the good guys. We work together with all the angels. We cooperate and we bring new angels to the scene and uh, helping also the government and the, the society. Um, so at some point, uh, I got a bit frust frustrated about this discussion because, uh, I mean, everybody wants to be loved and then wants that other people also believe in, in what you say. And, and then I, I realized that at some point I, I withdraw myself from this discussion and I was more angry and I was uh, not really enjoying conversation with people. And then I, then I thought about it because um, when I want to succeed in my mission and, and when I really believe in my vision, then it's my one and only goal to convince people and to discuss with them and also listen to what they maybe have against it. And um, um, so I, I got back to this and, and, and nowadays I can also really enjoy this conversation. I think I, I've personally grown. And probably in my anger management also. So um, yeah, being close to my emotions and understand me, uh, but also the others. And I, th I think this is the, 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 for me, a very important lesson that I learned. Yeah, it's very interesting. I don't think anyone has ever mentioned anger as, as, as part of a, a communications advisement. Um, I agree with that. And I don't buy into the narrative that all anger is oppressed pain. I think there's a natural tendency towards anger and you can see why there are evolutionary benefits and maybe I've, yeah, I probably have no clue about 
evolution of biology I'm not claiming to be but for me as a working hypothesis this works and the key obviously is to channel it because if it comes out sideways it can you know you can obviously harm people and, and cause um, offense and so on but to channel it and use it as a catalyst for what you want to achieve to do good in the world I think is is totally legitimate so I appreciate you you being so open about this and I appreciate you being here, David, and I appreciate everything you've done to move us towards a innovation society, as you name it, and to you know, I find it incredible that you managed to get that law changed that you know that is so useful and became so useful and so important during COVID and was really lifeline for a lot of um, a lot of young companies back then. So thank you very very much, and thanks for sharing all of this with us. Yeah, I'm, I'm uh, very happy that I had the chance to talk to you and uh, about my most favorite topic. And uh, maybe to, to conclude this, it was funny because uh, two years ago I, I met a guy in, in a bar in Kreuzberg uh, where our office is. And it turned out that he was part of this process when we changed the law. And he was on the side of um, the law changes government and he <laughs> told me then um, we were sitting basically next, next to each other and then we found out because I told him that I'm a founder of Companisto when he asked me what I do and he said he has never seen in his lifetime there's a law which was already uh, the decision was made that it was changed that rapidly and to such a huge um, amount and I was like really happy and uh, I paid all the drinks tonight because it was a very good uh, <laughs> The people you meet in a bar in Berlin. I think that's a that's a topic for a different podcast episode, but fascinating nonetheless. Hey, thank you so much, David. Thank you all for listening and have an inspired week.